0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. This episode is with CEO and co-founder of BoxFox, Chelsea Moore. Chelsea had a sick friend in the hospital, but with the job she currently had, she had no time to get to her. She gathered some items and curated a package to give her as a gift. This eventually led to the development of BoxFox. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Chelsea Moore of BoxFox. Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. So I want to start out with where did you grow up and what was your childhood like?
1: Wow, right into it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in Whittier, California, so it's in Los Angeles County and my childhood was pretty great. Uh, Just kind of your typical bubble suburb uh, on the outskirts of LA went to public school still friends with a lot of my friends from high school a lot actually work here at box um, yeah it was great um my parents still live there and i have two younger siblings and the oldest of three and yeah and then i am um, I left, went really far, went to UCLA, so uh, just the other side of the county, mm-hmm. um, and then after school, moved to Venice Beach, and that's where we were when we started BoxBox. Now, I live in uh, the South Bay of LA.
0: Okay. Did you have an entrepreneurship mindset growing up? Like, Did you ever sell other things as a child or anything like that?
1: You know, re- looking in, in retrospect, there were definitely signs of, entrepreneurial spirit not Mm -hmm. super blatant but I mean I look back I always wanted to have you know a lemonade stand or I would sell I would get everything from the pantry and create like a store on our front lawn just because (laughs) I enjoyed like the customer interaction I remember this my mom's like why are all the Doritos out front and I'm like (laughs) I have a store now lady back (laughs) off Um, so like there were things like that and I definitely enjoy being in charge of stuff. When I went to college, I enjoyed being a part of the exec board of my sorority and, you know, making Mm -hmm. things happen and kind of the act of being involved with the building of stuff. Um, there was, you know, when I worked in college at Brandy Melville, I was very involved in, you know. The wholesale management and opening stores and running sample sales and I really enjoyed kind of that roll up your sleeves mm-hmm. activity so I think that lends itself to that as well yeah. um but not not so blat- I feel like kids now it's like <laughs> that because of the internet I mean we had yeah, the internet sure. too my age group very much like you we kind of grew up with it in the sense that we had AIM and stuff in middle school, kind of, but like you weren't surfing the web in yeah. elementary school. And so I feel like now these young kids are so ex- I feel like I would have become a psycho <laughs> and I would have just wanted to be like, oh, I gotta start businesses. I gotta I gotta get going by the time I'm 16, you know, totally. like I gotta create yeah. a library. Life- I feel like ours was the last generation of like we got Snapchat and Uber and Instagram, my senior year of college. So I feel like we okay. were kind of like the last, like, generation of kind of slower paced normalcy, quote unquote, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, so there were signs of it for sure. And I, and I enjoyed working, um, but didn't have any businesses or anything as a kid.
0: Gotcha. So what did you study at UCLA?
1: Um, I studied political science and English. I... We, you know, didn't think about box box when we were in school. Yeah, that was an idea came right afterwards. So I went into college, I wanted to be an architect. And then the architecture program at UCLA is very, very hard to get into. So I was like, maybe mm. I don't want to do that. Maybe I want to be a lawyer. I love Legally Blonde. I genuinely love <laughs> the law and think it's very interesting. And I worked at a DA's office one summer. And so I was like, poly sign English is kind of related to that because um, I also feel like if you're in a space where you're not, you don't need tangible, real, like hard skills. Like if you're going to be a doctor, an engineer, and you're going to go pursue something that's a little bit more fluid, mm-hmm. doing pursuing a liberal art to have the privilege to be able to just kind of pursue what interested me um, still gave me. Um, the critical thinking background and work ethic training that was applicable to my life. Now, I feel like there are things that I learned and in terms of like how to work with others and how to work hard, how to manage my time, how to look at things from different angles that benefit me, even though yeah. those weren't major or were directly related to my life now.
0: For sure. What was your experience like there at UCLA? I loved
1: it. Um, I really wanted to go to a big school, I kind of wanted to go mm-hmm. to a school where you could kind of get lost and not know every single person. Yeah. Um, obviously, the campus is beautiful. Most of the film and TV you see growing up is filmed at UCLA. So it's definitely like the what you've pictured in your head is what you get <laughs> to experience on a day to day basis. So that was really special. And I, um, I loved my, my studies. I loved my classes. I, I just really, I, I have wonderful, amazing friends. And, and the cool thing about going to a traditional kind of big sports, big school in a bigger city is my friends and I were all able to kind of pursue jobs and internships that were really interesting off campus too. So it was yeah. kind of the best of both, you know?
0: For sure. So leaving college, what kind of jobs were you working?
1: Um, In college, I worked at Brandy Melville and did a lot of stuff there and that kind of carried over after I left school. But then when my quote unquote real job when I graduated was I got a job at Ogilvy and Mather, the advertising agency, Um, because then at the end of school, it's like maybe I'll go into advertising. Um, (laughs) And so I got a job there as like a strategy intern and then I finagled my way into being like a junior account executive. I did not love it. Um, Mm. I was just kind of bummed out on the entire experience. Really eye-opening, really cool, very grateful to have a job when I graduated, but I think kind of being a little unhappy there was really kind of what pushed us to mine for a cooler thing to work on and never work for someone else ever again. And obviously led to the BoxVox conversation.
0: That's awesome. So, and then in 2014, this is actually when the idea came around. So, if you could please explain to the listeners what BoxVox is and what was the inspiration that caused you and your co founders to create this?
1: Yeah. So, um, it was like December 2013, January 2014. We, you know, out of school for about six months. I lived with friends in Los Angeles, but you know, you still feel like your community after, if you have an amazing college experience, you tend to have like an amazing community of people at that college. And yeah. all of your friends, move, mine at least, moved all over the world to go to grad school, med school, law school, work in Hong Kong, you name it. Everybody just kind of disbanded really quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty jarring experience. And then here I was working kind of this job I didn't love. And I was just like, is this forever? This is a bummer. Um, <laughs> and, you know, just kind of really craving connection with the people in my life that mattered most. And my co-founders, you know, feeling the same way. And so it was when a good friend of ours was hospitalized that mm. year. She's now fine. She actually works for Boxbox Box now. But oh, cool. she, she worked, uh, she was at UCLA Ronald Reagan, which is in Los Angeles. I was at an office in Los Angeles and I just wasn't able to leave work being, you know, the bottom of the ladder there, wasn't able to leave work to visit her or put stuff together for her or help her out. Like her family didn't live here. And so that really inspired the idea of like, God, I wish there was like a way that we could pick out our favorite stuff from Nordstrom and anthropology and that amazing boutique on Abbott Kinney and, you know, paper source and put together something digitally that we would otherwise drive around and put together. Yeah. Um, and so that was really what sparked the idea of build a box box, which is kind of our proprietary platform, uh, mm-hmm. custom gift box builder. Really, just working super hard to not just bring a bunch of crap onto a platform you can throw into a box, but really bring people's favorite brands all into one place to do the heavy lifting of being there for someone when you can't physically be there for someone, and really helping to maintain both your personal and professional relationships in a tangible way. Um, And so that was really what kicked everything off. And we started to meet immediately after work most nights and just were like, okay, we're gonna launch this in November. And along the way decided, you know, kick off the build a box box platform, but we'll still, we'll sell ready to ship, you know, gift boxes too, that are just like good to go. Um, You know, eventually corporate gifting evolved out of like a demand from our customers. And yeah, that was kind of what really got it all started.
0: Okay. So when you guys actually pursued the business, were you doing it to order and, would your customers just kind of explain what they wanted and you guys would fulfill those orders or was it like uniform boxes that you would ship out starting out?
1: Oh Yeah, no, we would, um, we came up with, you know, tons of research and strategy of what people need. And yeah. so we curated, you know, I think it was five or six pre-packed boxes, Okay. you know, pamper heel, heal that really kind of like towed the line between care package and. Gift box for different use cases and so those were shoppable and then for box box we for build a box box we eventually created a live inventory so people can't like submit and say i want this this and this and they shop yeah. it they click it and then it, we package it up
0: okay and then once you guys actually started to kick this off how would you guys market to get the name out there and for people to hear about this
1: you know, I think we were pretty lucky because when we launched, it was just at the beginning of this like d to c darling resurgence of like everybody has a separate website for every individually specialized thing. <laughs> so we... We're able to, like, we were at the beginning of that kind of era, so it didn't feel so overwhelming. There wasn't so much of this calculated formula of launching, you know, someone's olive oil or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So we were able to kind of approach it a little bit more grassrootsy. Um, we didn't have any money to spend on marketing, so we obviously just leveraged any and all platform that we could possibly use. So when we launched, the three of us sat down, we stayed up all night the day before we launched, and we basically emailed every single person we had ever met in our entire lives. Um, pa's, grandparents, aunts, uncles. Um, We sent this, like, really comprehensive email, like, hey, this is what we're working on. Here's some visuals, like, hope you enjoy it. And then really it was just about... Consistency. I mean, it takes a lot of work to do it for free, but we, you know, Instagram started the Facebook stuff, you know, Pinterest, and just really were obnoxious. It was like, if you talk to the three of us (laughs) that first year, the box box is all you heard about. And so that's kind of where, obviously, we have a much more sophisticated. Situation now with our email marketing and our digital marketing and whatnot and we've evolved but I mean the still the same principles still hold true we don't overspend in that category whatsoever because ultimately everybody is looking to imitate the word of mouth marketing experience we just. Started with that really hard and just kept going at it to in the hopes that it would uh, evolve from there. And it kind of has. So and we just supplement it now with some some digital and some email and some social and and PR every now and then.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would you say your main demographic is then? What do you guys try to focus on?
1: Um, we definitely focus on the three founders kind of demographic. We're really like okay. twenty-five uh, female, but really the cool thing about box box is so many different types of people use us. And so we're able to kind of create a lot of different archetypes that yeah. we market. You know, we, every year around mother's day, we go after a lot of men and that's kind of their introduction into what we do and what we offer. And then they use us in other scenarios later in the year because they trusted us when we were there for them to support you know, celebrate Mother's Day, whether it's their wife or their own mom. And, um, but, you know, we've got girls who've been following us since they were 18 and in college and now they're, mm. you know, some are getting engaged and having babies. So like, there's just so many different life situations. And then there's so many, you know, moms and grandmas who are using us as the go-to for gifting and the go-to for custom care packages for the people that they can't be with.
0: Okay and then what products would you say are your top sellers then
1: um definitely anything that is in the beauty category does really well i mean okay. people's fan favorites are definitely herbivore botanicals way the loose but the less candles um those are probably the best sellers
0: okay so and then also you guys You guys successfully sold e-commerce through many years have you guys pursued retail anytime recently
1: so we've done a couple of retail pop-ups we're not interested in it permanently um do we did a pop-up at the grove when we were about a year and a half old for valentine's day it was like a two-week pop-up we've done two pop-ups at the century city mall which if you live in los angeles everyone knows it's a very beautiful mall um, we do have partnerships with brick and mortar. So we have partnerships with Nordstrom Anthropology and a couple other kind of private um, back end servers for different companies for their employees mm-hmm. to purchase. So we're, we're more interested in kind of leveraging other retailers to kind of uh, experiment in that space instead of taking on all that overhead ourselves.
0: Okay. What would you say separates Box Rocks from your competitors also in the gift boxing, gift giving community?
1: That's a great question. I think us, I mean, we were the first ones to build a build a box box platform. Um, we wireframed that and built it from scratch exactly to the specifications and the Sizing algorithms that we wanted, and you mm-hmm. know, I think that by being the first to do that, it's our baby, and we continue to evolve it and care about it more than I think any copycat could ever care. Yeah. Um, we also, I mean, it's our customer service. We are self-funded. We're female-founded. Our warehouse and our office are in the same space. Everybody knows everybody, and there's just a True priority here and belief held by every single employee to go above and beyond the experiences they have in the retail space and in the e-commerce space to communicate and be a real person and take care of these people in their gifting and care package needs. I mean, we ship super efficiently. We ship to deliver within three to six business days, but it's usually on the earlier end of that. We're highly efficient. We're very lean, and we don't love. We don't use these like automated customer service platforms. When you email us, you will hear back from a team member, usually within twelve business hours. I mean, we we're on top of it. I just. I mean, I go out now, and when I'm shopping or I need something from a retailer, I'm just amazed at how much more our team prioritizes our customer sanity and Mm -hmm. communication than what i experience out in the world
0: gotcha so looking at box fox today what different roles are you and your co-founders playing that you have an established brand now
1: yeah that's a great question um well, Jenny, my co-founder, is the COO and she's, you know, kind of the head of all any and all operations, which is a big undertaking since we do it all ourselves here. Yeah. Um, I obviously we all three are very involved in each other's business, but um, I uh, overlook a lot of the marketing and the design stuff. And then Sabina does um, spearheads the B2B arm of the business and the the corporate team and sales. So those are kind of our like macro divisions, but we obviously do a lot of other stuff in each other's buckets.
0: Gotcha. So I like to ask my guests who are in e-commerce about COVID and like how it's affecting your brand. Have you seen like a Mm -hmm. negative or a positive impact or yeah, what what has it been like for you guys during this period?
1: That's a great question. Um, So obviously back in February, March, we were all really scared. We had no idea kind of what this year was going to look like, but we've actually seen a significant spike in demand because people, I mean, one of our original marketing statements six years ago was to be there for others when you can't physically be there. And I think that that literally is written in things and on the website from years ago. And I feel like that's (laughs) become so amazing. It's such a great tool now because people really can't be there for each other. And so much of everybody's life is being upended this year. So I think people are really leveraging us as a tool that they can trust um, to help kind of maintain their most important friendships and relationships. So we've definitely seen a pretty significant spike, which we're super grateful for. And um, we've just, you know, had to pivot on the back end for what it looks like to be Distributing safely, I think that there's no guidebook anywhere, and I think that's what was really frustrating back in like April. Yeah, is like you got Amazon, who's like quote unquote the e-commerce leader in America, and mm-hmm. I have no idea what they're doing or if they're setting the standard for this like COVID warehouse distribution life mm-hmm. that we're all in. So it was yeah. really trying to seek out our best ways to keep our teams safe and do a lot of research into you know how to keep the business going and how to keep everybody's jobs going and and make sure everyone and their families are as safe as possible we're lucky that our team is pretty lean and can output a lot with a little um, mm. so we all we've had all of our warehouse eligible where our work from home eligible employees have been home since february so our sales okay. team and and some people like that but Our warehouse staff, we've, you know, implemented safety practices, temperature taking, social distancing. Everyone in the warehouse has to be masked up the entire day. Um, And then we test on site every two weeks and and provide that for our our staff. And we've drafted up some white papers on, you know, research guidance of how to conduct yourself outside the warehouse, just suggestions, obviously we don't own their lives, but just, you know, what we're doing and, and what's important to us. And we're all just trying to get through this year, I think. Totally. Um, but, it's, but knock on wood, it's been going uh, pretty well.
0: Awesome. So what's next for Box Fox?
1: Um, You know, just continuing to grow at the pace that we're comfortable with. I mean, you spoke about competitors. And yeah. I think competitors will go, but... 'Cause I know how hard it, it take how hard it is to get from that year three to year four hump in this business if you're gonna do it all yourself. I I, I know how hard that is. I feel like that's a barrier right there. And mm-hmm. we're just gonna continue to do our best and put our all into growing our corporate gifting and our corporate offerings and our B2C gifting and our B2C offerings. We just launched our marketplace so you can now shop our website like an actual, you know, one off purchase shop but just honestly just continuing to scale um Mm -hmm. that's kind of on on the horizon for us we're really excited we started manufacturing our own products this year so we'll obviously continue to do a little bit of that as well
0: okay awesome so to end each episode i like to ask each guest if they could share one piece of advice to an aspiring entrepreneur what would that be something maybe you've regret or you've learned just anything
1: Just one thing (laughs) or no, you know, you
0: can continue. Go ahead. Uh,
1: I mean, my big thing is, I mean, everybody thinks it's attractive to work for yourself yeah, and that freeing and amazing and all of that, but it's a lot of work. And I think picture how much work you think it is and then quadruple that in your head, because that's how much it's going to be. And I think, you know, with the freedom to take time off whenever you want comes the crippling anxiety when things like COVID hit our world where you can't sleep for two weeks. So it's, it's a balance. It's, it's not an easier life. It's a different life. So I think it's just really evaluating. If that's the life that you want Um, and just being aware that the grass isn't necessarily greener not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur
0: for sure. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for joining me. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Fox at shopboxfox.com. Yes,
1: please. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.